it's not easy mm-hmm. sometimes as a young woman. The gender norm in this country is that women should be submissive, women should be quiet. Their access to purchase health service depends on men's decision. The way forward, first of all, is to break the barriers that brings about gender inequality. One of the greatest challenges we are facing is the culture of silence. The men have the decision, the men have the voice, the men have the control over everything. Therefore, from an early stage when you are a child growing to be a young girl, um, you are usually made to be silent while the decisions are taken for you. And as you grow with that, you grow very, very timid and you cannot take decisions on your own, especially when it comes to sexuality. You do not discuss sex and sexuality. Even if you are a couple, you do not discuss it. And therefore, you cannot negotiate sex. And where you cannot negotiate sex, to say, yes, I want to have sex, or I do not want to have sex, it becomes very difficult. And that brings the culture of silence, which make even if a woman is violated in any form of gender-based violence, it's very difficult to report because that is not the norm. Halima Tujalo, a nurse working with the Network Against Gender-Based Violence in the Gambia, describing a culture of silence that many women find themselves trapped in. Worryingly, this oppression also extends to access to healthcare. While women in sub-Saharan Africa tend to live longer than men, much of their lives can be lived with poor health. Today, Africa Science Focus discusses the gender inequalities that are found in medical care throughout the region. Our reporters Simba Jao and Fiona Broom investigate. My name is Samira Tuwedraogo. I'm a researcher, consultant and advocate in population and global health. And I'm from Burkina Faso. So, Samira, how do gender inequalities and women's roles in sub-Saharan Africa prevent women from accessing healthcare? And what are some of the repercussions that can come for women, but also for society when women are denied access to healthcare? Women are often unable to access healthcare due to systematic discriminations or inequities rooted in gender norms within the society they live in. So four different pathways can affect women's access to healthcare. The first pathway is the type of society, for example, patriarchal or traditional, and the gender norms and values within the society, which determine her status within this community and the household, thereby influencing her access to healthcare. So the second pathway refers to the varying levels of partner controlling behaviors, uh, which include gender-based violence, but have shown to affect women's access to healthcare. The third pathway includes individual level factors, such as a women's decision-making autonomy, control over earnings, age at first marriage, and each attitude uh, toward life beating, which constitute indicators of empowerment, the degree of dependence on, on their partners, and the likelihood of access to healthcare. 
Dr. Samira Tuwadrago describing some of the factors that influence gender inequality, including everything from male-dominated governance to marriage status or the perception of relationships. Dr. Ebrima Ba, a medical doctor, tells reporter Samba Jawo how many women are unable to arrange their own health care. Normally, uh, even if they are to seek medical assistance, they have to uh, normally get permission from their husbands. I can give you an example. A lady can come and tell you that, you know, doctor, I'm feeling well. I have this, uh, let's say, sexually transmitted infection, you know. So you tell them, okay, you know, this disease, you need to be treated, but also your partner should be involved because if we treat you and your partner is not treated, example, you know, then you can be reinfected. It's difficult like, to get their partners to come over, and that is a big challenge. Even when women gain permission to visit a doctor, they can be met with outdated views and a health system biased towards men. This may not be surprising when you consider that across much of Africa, there are at least five times more male doctors than female doctors. My name is Padmada Sirikan. I am a young woman. I work with women in peace building. I am a member of the Peace Ambassador of Gambia, a member of the Gambia Red Cross too. Fatumata Saidi Khan, a young mother and volunteer for the Red Cross, telling our reporter Samba how social pressures can intrude on a medical consultation. It's not easy. You meet a doctor that you know he or she will not help you in your problem, the problems you have. The environment sometimes is not conducive for a woman. Because maybe I will have a sickness as a woman, I don't want my colleagues to know. But the environment that the doctor will attempt, it's open. I will feel sorry to tell the doctor my problem. Someone next will hurt and he or she will point finger at me. Fatumata says she found herself feeling anxious even around female nurses. In the health sector, let's, let's say the nurses don't have sympathy to their fellow women. Yeah, I'm telling you this, this, you as a woman, you know how painful is a woman when she is in labor. If you cannot help, tell me, okay, I can't help, but call Dr. So and so for me. Mm-hmm. But you'll be shouting at me, keep quiet. Some of these small nurses, they are not aware, one, and two, they are not qualified. Not in a sense that they didn't have the education. You can be educated, but not in a sense that you are qualified to handle people. Because one, you should be patient and know you're dealing with different kind of people. So you as a nurse, a medical health worker, you should be very, very, very patient. And you should be uh, careful the way you approach to people. The United Nations Development Program ranks the Gambia 151 out of 169 countries on the Human Development Index. The index is a summary of different factors that relate to a healthy and long life. With high rates of infant mortality, sexually transmitted disease, secondary infertility and female genital mutilation, addressing gender inequality throughout the Gambia's healthcare systems would be a powerful way to reduce disease and infection. Even when health facilities are modernized, Dr. Samirito points out many people in the region are unable to afford medical treatment. 
Here, Dr. Samira Tor describes how logistics and wealth can impact gender equality. Finally, the uh, fourth pathway linked to the demographic and socioeconomic factors such as women's age, education, parity, household wealth, and place of residence, which can also affect access to healthcare, both in terms of physical and financial accessibility. Because we know that in sub-Saharan Africa, the main barriers to healthcare is out-of-pocket payment. The 2012 WHO report of the Commission on Women's Health in the Africa region have shown that the women are often dependent on men financially, and so their access to purchase health service depends on men's decision. Where out-of-pocket payments are discontinued, health service utilization ra rates raise for women. Yes, that's really interesting. That I think leads into your latest research. What do you think can be done in sub-Saharan Africa to improve women's access to healthcare with regards to this decision-making? I think uh, one of the most important actions is to improve women's education. Like Studies show that the higher the level of women's education and their economic empowerment, the more they are able to take independent decisions, including those that affect their individual health, as well as their capacity to contribute to the processes of making policies that affect them. And why is it important to have women in decision-making positions, in leadership roles within healthcare? They know what is good for them, what goes for their children and the family in general. Especially in Africa, women are the caregivers in general. And also, it's important to notice that in Africa, like the health of mother is vital for the health of the unborn and their born children. So when we, we invest, in, for example, in maternal health, and we invest in the health of the future generation, and also we, can, we know that Women are the dominant source of farm laborers in sub-Saharan Africa and the driver of the African economy. So investing in their health will generate significant economic gains as well. The Gambia not only requires health professionals with a fresh outlook, but also a distinct change in culture. Halima Jalo says. The way forward, first of all, is to break the barriers that brings about gender inequality, especially in the health sector, to redefine our gender norms, to make our women to know what they want, to know their value, to equip them with skills to be able to discuss sexuality and sex, to negotiate safer sex practices, to know that health is a human right issue. It's not a decision that is hard to be made by another person. They have a right to their own health, um, to make choices that they would want. For example, number of children they want to bath, facing, going to the clinic, being able to carry themselves to the clinic, having the money to carry themselves without waiting for their husbands or, or other relevant people. Halima To, ending our report on gender inequality in the Gambia's healthcare system.
This week, we have an engaging audience question from Fagimba Kamara and Saidal Aliba, National Laboratory Manager at the Gambia's Department of Livestock Service, gives us an answer. Hi, Africa Science Focus. My name is Fagimba Kamara. What is Gambia doing to address antimicrobial resistance? Antimicrobial resistance is a global problem affecting all the countries in the world. Drugs are easily accessible either to farmers or to veterinarians and para-veterinarians. So people always have access to this drug either from the pharmacies or from the, the local markets and they keep on using these drugs. These are actually the problems. Uh, the, the pathogens, they will start developing resistance and uh, diseases that were easily cured by antibiotics or antimicrobials, uh, it will be harder to treat them and people and animals will start dying from diseases which were curable. Uh, the way forward in controlling and uh, the use of antimicrobial resistance is raising awareness. And uh, in the Gambia here, we are trying to set up antimicrobial resistant team comprising of both the human health and veterinary environmental sciences and all related fields that is to raise awareness in the population. Because people need to understand the rational use of antibiotics and the, the importance of it. So when they understand, then they will start using it judiciously and uh, with care. Thank you, Seidel Aliba, for answering Gimba's question on antimicrobial resistance. Are you curious about science or development in Africa? Send us a text or voice message via WhatsApp to plus 254-799-042513 and we'll find an expert to answer your questions. You can subscribe to our program, download episodes and leave a review at www.sidev.net. Today's program was produced by Harrison Lewis. The editor was Jackie Opara Fotoye and the reporters were Samba Jawo and SciDevNet Global Editor Fiona Broom. I'm Sally Amutabi. See you next Wednesday. This program was funded by the European Journalism Center through the European Development Journalism Grant Program with support from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation.